I love the playoffs. Anything can happen. But the best part? It's like bonus football. And bonus football means betting bonuses with Gambit DC. For a limited time, get up to a 57% multi-sport parlay boost on the Gambit DC app, online, or at any Gambit DC retail location throughout the district. It's the most exciting time to be a fan. So make your play and get the home field advantage with Gambit DC. Limited time offer, terms and conditions apply. Please bet responsibly. that Kermit the Frog wasn't really a frog in the beginning, but like the Lizard King. And hey, the first stop signs were black and white, that a wildflower can grow the size of a car tire. I mean, all of these fun facts are out there in the world, um, but they're hard to gather. But that's what National Geographic Kids is all about. Amazing books. We love their book series. Um, And the new one is out. It's Bet You Didn't Know, Fascinating, Far Out, Fantastic Facts. And editor Becky Baines is joining us here on Big Blend Radio today to talk all about this big, fun, and hardcover book. And I'm sorry, I know it's for kids, but it's for adults, too. I'm in my 40s, and I love the book. Uh, but along with being a writer and editor at National Geographic Children's Books, Becky is also the co-host of the Weird But True radio show on Kids Place Live on Sirius XM Channel 78. Welcome, Becky. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Hey, I'm excited about this. I did not know that about Kermit, and I did not know that, you know, that all these different facts. I mean, I I need it just, you know, to help me out here. But apparently Oscar the Grouch was an orange. He was was orange in the beginning. So we got a lot of things to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I, until I started thinking about Kermit and then I looked up old pictures of him, and he looked pretty much the same, except he didn't have the webbed feet. And then you realize that, you know, Kermit doesn't have a lot of frog, you know, characteristics. And the only thing that makes me realize he's a frog is his name is Kermit the Frog. So he could still be a lizard if, if his name was anything else. Wow. You know, so that's, it, it, how did you even think about getting to Kermit the Frog? Like when you look at everything that you pack into this book, I mean, you're going to Machu Picchu, we go to, you know, Antarctic, we go all over the world with this, you know, Egypt. Um, Where did, like, okay, we're going to cover Kermit the Frog and find out what's going on with him, and, you know, how how did the inspiration come for that? You know, so we do a lot of fact books at National Geographic Kids. They're our our number one most beloved books by our readers, um, because kids just really love to feel smart. They love to feel like they know a lot. They like to feel like they know a lot more than their parents specifically. Right on. Um, and so, <laughs> so we were really, really amazed how, how much they gravitate towards uh, these, these fact books. And so we have our flagship series, the weird, but true series that started in national geographic kids magazine. And we're kind of in this privileged position as a publisher, which is unique where uh, kids get the magazine monthly and then they can tell us what they like and what they don't like. Um, and so they started doing this feature called Bet You Didn't Know, and they love this feature, which the only thing different between this and, like, a weird but true is, is we put them in categories. So rather than being completely random, we'll do, you know, um, 
10, 10 out of this world facts about space or amazing facts about the ancient world. So it's a collection of facts mm. on one topic. And pretty soon we had, you know, collections on all these different topics and we decided to put them into one book and kind of fill them in with some of our favorite topics. And because of that, what you get is this huge variety of different, you know, topics in any one book. And the beauty of that is kids can skip around between things they like, you know, they can skip over the topics they, they find kind of boring, although none of them are really boring if you actually sit down and read the facts. Um, and siblings or friends reading it together, all of them can find something that suits their personal taste. Um, so it, it kind of worked out to be this perfect, you know, family type book. I love it because I think, yeah, kids can sit together and, and kind of like check this out, you know, and help each other out. And it's very visual. That's the thing, too, with, with the National Geographic books that they're really, really visual and um, easy to grasp. And I think you give these nuggets of information. Um, it's, you know, you've got the visual stimulation that gets kids like excited and interested, but it's not like here now you've got to have like you have to read a thesis about it. So, you know, so they've got that excitement that's going to, you know, get them to go and explore more and start to learn like on their own and you know maybe I know Google's out there but you know I know there's parent-friendly Google ways <laughs> to do that but you know it, I think it just spurs their imagination to start to learn more than um, you know go beyond the, the fun fact. Yeah, you know, that's you you just hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what it is. And um nonfiction, reading nonfiction is really, really important for kids. And I think that parents think as long as long as my kid's reading, I'm happy. And a lot of times that is the case, but um you know, if you can get a topic that a kid finds interesting in their hands, then they're they're going to want to mm. come back to it time and time again. And the great thing about nonfiction is it inspires this greater curiosity about the world. And something like this, where the text is not heavy, it's not intimidating, it's really short, mm. you can pick it up and put it down, um, you know, it's not intimidating to struggling readers or younger readers. Um, and it just gives you a little tiny bit of information that may spark something bigger that want, that makes you want to go out and get a bigger book on it or learn more about it or search the Internet. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's kind of that, that igniting that spark that stays with you your whole life. And it's really, really important to start that at a young age. Yeah, and also, you know, it does – like – You've got this whole section, like, for the different topics that you cover, um, like, what's the difference? Like, you do the crocodile versus the alligator, and um, not only share the difference, but, you know, you know, where do they come from? Because, I mean, there's a lot of people who don't realize we have crocodiles here in this country, like in, in Florida, and that's crazy. Like, you could see an alligator and a crocodile on the same day, and that's not – you don't get to see that anywhere around the world like that much, you know, so it's really cool, but it's good to know the difference. And we start to, like – what's the difference between a seal and a sea lion kind of thing? We, as adults, we start to forget, like you have dolphins versus porpoises and you, you really go on all these different topics. I kind I like to gravitate around the animals. That's my thing, but um, it's neat because not only are you clearing up some of those facts for all ages, um, kids, that is, I, I can see like bragging rights, you know, happening with that, you know, like you're saying, <laughs> they want to be the know-it-all like, Hey mom, you didn't know. <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that part. <laughs> there is a, you know, there's, there's a way to, to, 
to turn these really simple conversations into something bigger, like you just mentioned, uh, you know, turning a conversation about what is a crocodile versus an alligator into a conversation about geography. Um, one of my favorite examples in the book is we have a couple facts about um, insects where there's one fact about in, in Beijing, China, um, one of their, uh, I guess, street foods is, is deep fried tarantula on a stick. Um, and there's also a fact, one of my favorite facts in the book, is that raw termites taste like pineapple. And kids probably read that. Kids here in the States read that and say, oh, my gosh, that's who would ever eat an insect. But, you know, you sit down and talk to them, and countries, every country in the world, almost every country in the world eats insects. In the U.S., we're mm-hmm. one of the very few countries where that's not common. Um, but there's also a fact in this book how in the U.S., we eat a ton of peanut butter, and peanut butter is actually very uncommon outside the U.S., and people think we're weird for making, you know, a paste out of a nut and smearing it all over everything. So it just, it, it, you know, it could spark a cultural conversation, uh, you know, which, which can go a long way with kids as far as understanding people are different from them. Oh, I love that. And, and um, you know, speaking of that, too, you even teach them what's the difference between a, a nut and a legume. So, you know, it's like, oh, a peanut butter, is, there's not really nuts in there. So you go talking about the differences, you know. And I grew up in, in different countries and, and mostly in Africa as a child. And we ate insects. We did. We Flying ants, which are termites, really, and they'd come out in the rain. And we did, and they actually taste like peanut butter. I just want to tell you on that one. But anyway, we just—it was like the dare of the kids, you know. And there's mopani worms, and you know, yeah. there's things that people do. But um, it, it's fun. But I think that's the beauty of National Geographic, as, as just as a whole. I mean, of the magazines, all the different books, and the the movies, and everything you guys do over at National Geographic is that you bring the world closer. And I think for kids. You know, especially, you know, you never know where the kid is, you know, picking up this book, whether it's in a library or a school or at a friend's house or at home, um, sharing it with his friends or family. It gets kids to understand, and it's they've got they have their hands on it. They can turn the page when they want to. It's a little different than even on TV sometimes, but it brings the world to them that gets them to be inspired to even travel, to understand different cultures, um, especially in this country. We're a melting pot of cultures, you know, and we can start to understand our neighbors better. And I think that's the beauty of this. And this book, is it makes it fun that they may be able to talk to a neighbor from a different culture and say, hey, I learned this about you, you know what I mean, or your culture, and maybe the kid here doesn't know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think it's, it creates some unity around the world with, with this kind of book. Yeah, definitely. It can, it can one, create understanding about similarities and differences between human beings because, you know, we have facts like about the human body and facts about the human body are consistent. That's not going to change from one person to the next. But then you also have, uh, you know, things that, that show you that, that everybody's different and that's what makes us so unique and so cool. Um, and then there's, there's information that is just, the same no matter where you are about whether that's about animals or whether it's about, you know, geography or something like that. And so this, Mm -hmm. this whole thing can be, whether it's with a neighbor, a friend, it can be a bonding experience. And I think, you know, especially in, in the, the climate of the world today, the more we can do to like better understand each other and anything that can bring us together is, is a good thing. Yeah, and you got some also some real super fun things like the perfect facts about cats. Now, okay, so we all know cats rule. I mean, they they rule Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I love they that do. part. But sad, sadly, I have to tell you, I'm a dog person. I've never been a cat person. I'm, I'm, I'm pro dogs. <laughs> She's like, and so how did you handle that? I mean, that's a, how did you nail it down? Like, you know, here's all these cool things. I, I, and by the way, I want to thank you for putting the scarlet ibis in there because I love those birds. It's one of my favorite birds in the whole world. And I was like, it's in the book. Yay. It made it in there, you know, for, <laughs> you know, eating the right crab to have the, you know, have that scarlet, you know. I love that you do the colors. I really love that because that's really cool, too, for kids to understand you know, the different colors for different things and what's the history behind it or, um, you know, yeah, what is what is the ibis eating to, to go red? And a lot of people may think that, you know, the ibis was, you know, born with those feathers perfectly like that, you know. So it's it's really some fascinating stuff. But here's the deal. I did not know that cockroaches survive underwater for up to 15 minutes. That's freaky. You got freaky stuff in there. Oh, we totally have freaky stuff. I have to, you know, be honest and tell you that I'm the, I'm like the creepy editor. I'm the one that everybody cool. goes to when they need like a gross or like a spooky book because I am all about it. Um, and uh, one of my favorite facts in the book is on the creepy spread, and it's that up to a third of the weight of your pillow is actually dead skin cells and dust mite and their poop. I know there's like things you can't see and then you have like that big wormy thing. And I'm like, dude, do we have to have that? But yes, <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Do you, do, so how many kids are running and like suddenly interested in doing laundry? Every mom needs this book. <laughs> like, yes, like I'm totally. putting my pillow in the laundry, man. That's crazy. I know you do a lot on space and I think that's neat too, because space, when you look at the moon and the stars as kids, you get all excited but when it comes to actually learning it, it's difficult. It's actually a difficult subject. And you do the stars and, um, you know, just you do outer space as a whole. So that's got to have been a fun part to put in the book. You know, space is one of those topics that I find so fascinating. I, like, I hear facts about space. I learn some stuff about space. And I can't even, like, wrap my brain around how much it is. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that really wowed me, a, a figure that I uh, – ran across when we were putting this book together is okay. So it, within, within space, our galaxy is just one of, of how, who knows how many galaxies, but within our galaxy, our solar system that, you know, we can't, we haven't even, we don't even reach the end of because it's, our solar system is so vast. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, the furthest reaches of our solar system is, is incredibly far, but that's roughly like if, if your body was our solar system, or your body was our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, our solar system would, would roughly be the equivalent of your thumbnail. That's how big our galaxy That's is. That's crazy. And That's crazy. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it blows my mind. And so that's why I think that, you know, astronauts and, and astrobiologists and astrophysicists, they're absolutely the coolest people because they just, they work every day, you know, out about, you know, with this material that I can't even like fathom how much that is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, I know. And, and it's for a little kid to have that perspective, you know, I, I remember going to an observatory out near Joshua tree in California and uh, sky's the limit. That, that's what it's called. And they made an orrery 
and you know they had to really explain it over and over to me and i think i think you should make a book on it but they were showing that like explaining the distance of the you know the sun the moon and all the different stars and planets and so every day they'd go and move it accordingly and i was like dude that's crazy but it gave you some perspective but it was still like now you have to think about how like big it is like how little you are you know, and it's just whatever you can do to get kids to understand that it's 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 a difficult topic, and I think it's super cool. I what you do in this book? Do you think it? Because I I believe that when kids start to get excited about something, it starts to get them at a younger age to start looking to their future about what they want to be when they grow up. Like maybe they want to go and be an astronomer or go out into the rainforest or, you know, go out into Machu Picchu and start learning about all the ancient stuff in the world. Yeah, you know, I, again, I think that when you introduce kids to as much of of this material, this real-life information as you can, at a young age, it inspires them to want to learn more and more about our planet, which inspires them to care about our planet and want to make a difference in that, in our planet. So whether that's, you know, becoming an astronaut or becoming a scientist or becoming an oceanographer uh, or, you know, maybe maybe they want to go into an office job or something like that. Every kid has their passion. You never know. Um, but the more you can introduce them to everything around them, the the more passion they'll have for life. And, you know, mm. then when you have more passion, it's easier to find your passion for what you want to do. So, you know, I just, I, I think that reading is a wonderful thing. I think learning about our world is a wonderful thing. And, um, mm. you know, combining the two is just, is, is the perfect, you know, thing for every kid. It's fun. And the thing too, is you'd have a, a money facts in there. And that's something that gets left out of education a lot is about money. And so that's something, too, I, I thought was really great that you covered in the book. So it gets kids to understand the history of it, you know, you know, how real is it, <laughs> you know, all of that cool stuff. Yeah, so, you know, um, <laughs> we have a, yes, we did do money facts in this book, and that's something that's becoming more prevalent in our products. We did a book recently called What Would Happen, which is kind of like mm-hmm. silly hypothetical questions, but with real answers and what the repercussions would be. And it was, one of the questions was, what what would happen if everything was free? And, you know, I, I had never thought about that, but the answer kind of blew my mind because it was like, first, everything would be great because, you know, uh, you, you could get anything you wanted. But pretty soon, it's, it's true what they say, money makes the world go round because without, you know, money nobody Mm -hmm. would have any incentive to work and everything would just start shutting down and nothing would ever get made and I think it's really important for kids to learn that lesson uh, because they understand like the importance of a dollar and the importance of working hard and uh, so introducing them that material that's that's maybe when they say might say oh yeah I want to grow up to be an accountant and and not an explorer but you never know. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. Um, you know, now I know that you've also edited books like you've got Why, uh, Weird But True, Don't Read This Book Before Bed, and Bet You Didn't Know. So I'm just saying, like, everybody, you, know, you can see where Becky's, like, where her mind is. So <laughs> what are you as a kid, you know, thinking about what you do here at National Geographic, and um, I know that you, you know, will get your hands dirty in this kind of thing, too, because apparently, like, you've eaten a nacho cheese-flavored mealworm, so, like, you're not, 
um, you're, you're not just a standby. You get in and deal with it. What was your inspiration, you know, when you were young? Did did you think, oh, you know, because I remember as a kid reading National Geographic and getting into the, you know, it inspired me to travel all different places and get into cultures and, and wildlife and everything. Um, was What was it for you as a kid that, like, kind of, turned you towards the career that you're in and, and working at National Geographic and editing and getting into the crazy fun and weird and creepy fun facts in the world? <laughs> um, you know, I wish I could say that that was like, it was this, this dream, you know, that I was going to grow up and work at National Geographic. And that was my passion. And I did have a passion from a young age. I always wanted to be a writer and I, mm. you know, I, was always a wordsmith and I that was my passion in school I was terrible at math and I knew that and I embraced it and fortunately I had very forgiving parents who my dad who's like a math genius tried very hard to work with me and finally understood that that was never going to be my thing (laughs) Um, and so I pursued journalism um, throughout college and I was really fortunate after I graduated that there was uh, an assistant position opened at National Geographic in marketing. And I said, well, you know, that's a, that's a place I could go and I could be a journalist and it's a really well-respected establishment. And I had never, never even thought about doing children's books. Um, But I started in marketing there. And after about a year and a half, I I was ready to move. And I was like, I need to be doing something with words and, um, it just happened there yeah. was an editorial assistant position open in kids' books, and um, I moved into that division. And I didn't realize at the time, but it was just like sometimes the stars line because that was just the perfect job for me. I do have this kid-like sense, sense of imagination, and I have these kid-like sensibilities, and I love, you know, uh, discovering the world, you know, through the eyes of, I have little nieces and I love seeing them experience things for the first time. And, um, I, I just, I never knew that that was what I was destined to do and it just completely all worked out for me. So I was very, very fortunate and I hope that everyone, you know, finds their passion in life because it does make everything that much easier. You know, and I, I love that. I love your story because, you know, you went for like, oh, we know National Geographic. I'm going to go in the marketing side, and I'm just going to keep working at it until I get into where I, I want to be in that, you know. And marketing involves words and creativity. And it, so I think it's really interesting how, you know, you just, I'm going to go toward it, even if it's going to be a little different than what you may have in the back of your mind and, and heart. You know what I mean? It's like go for it and you can be flexible in life and make those changes you know and it's awesome that you're doing what you want to do that is awesome and you're good at it and it's an awesome book everyone national geographic kids bet you didn't know fascinating far out fantastic facts um it's for all ages including 40 year olds like me (laughs) so i appreciate it becky thank you so much for joining us and and putting this amazing book together it is awesome Thank you so much for having me on. All right. You take care. Thanks. All right. You too. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. 
92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial.